Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem, and welcome to worship. We invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience. We are so excited and blessed that you have joined us in the house of the Lord on this morning because our Lord is magnificent and worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. The scripture for this morning comes out of the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 29, verses 10 through 13, and it reads as follows. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and give strength to all. And now we thank you, O God, and praise your glorious name. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are magnificent in all the heavens and all the earth. We bless your name this morning. We lift you up. We magnify your holy and blessed name. And we ask that you would bless this worship service, that you would be glorified and honored. And we pray all these things in the matchless and most blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise our morning hymn. As great is thy faithfulness. We serve a God that is extremely faithful and we celebrate the fact that he to shower us with his blessings and with his love. Come on, church, let's sing it together. One voice, great is.
celebrate an awesome God and we know that he is the king of glory. The Bible declares to lift up your heads, O ye gates and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Come on, let's give him praise this morning. He is the king of glory. Hallelujah. Come on, I said he is the king of glory. Come on, let's lift him up. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the Lord God mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. Lift up your heads and be lifted up. Come on, the King of glory. said, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord God mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. Lift up your heads again. Of 
standing we've come the moment where we can go corporately together to the Lord in prayer amen and we're not going in prayer to a powerless God we're going going in prayer to the king of glory to the king of glory to the king of glory We certainly want to remember in our prayers those who serve and have been placed by the Lord, uh, both nationally, locally, and statewide to give leadership to our country, but certainly specifically those who are part of our church family, those who are related to our church family. Uh, Sister Felicia Thompson, Deacon Cliff Robbins, those who are seeking prayer, Sister Flora Blake, Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Frances Ruth Burton, the Sister Emma Devers, Sister Melanie Chambers, the daughter of Georgia Chambers Hunter, Sister Ann Christian, Sister Rosemary Cook, the sister of Alma Avant, Sister Karn West, Lashana West, and Jazz Esquibel, Sister Mabel Williams, the mother of Chaplain Crystal Williams, Deacon Bobby McGlown, Brother Larry Washington, Dennis Deacon Wilson. And certainly we want to lift those who uh, are bereaved, those who are going through moments of loss and grief. Sister Barbara Lampkin and Sister Cherie Tom Thomas in the loss of their husband and father, Richard Lampkin. The funeral services will be here tomorrow at 12 noon. Sister Patsy Stewart and the loss of her mother, Sister Kiziana Curtis. Uh, the homegoing will be held here January 28th, Saturday, January 28th at 10 a.m. Brother Joe and Sister Eunice Williams and the loss of his sister, Betty Williams, in Los Angeles and Sister Roberta Watson in the loss of her daughter, Elizabeth Ann Hubbard. And we certainly want to remember each and every name that has been called, and there are others who have not been called in this corporate worship experience, but certainly are in need of our prayers. And Deacon Verdell Temple is going to come at this time and lead us in prayer, but certainly we all are able to approach the throne of grace on our own. to this place at this time to worship and to adore you and to lift your name up that men may see 
your good works and then glorify you that you're in heaven and that you're still looking down upon your people. We come now to this hour where those people who are sick and afflicted that are shut in and, and in the hospital, we ask your mercy and your goodness to shine down on them. Touch them, my heavenly Father, with your finger of love. Let them realize that they haven't been forgotten. And then, our heavenly Father, we know that we have had lost ones among our ranks. But let us know and let us realize that we are soldiers and we are in this army. Sometimes we got to fight. Although we got to fight. Then after we fight in the battle, we got to lift up the blood-stained banner. Oh, Lord, we're going to get wounded along the way. But, Lord God, we know that uh, there is a crown waiting for us in glory. And then, our Heavenly Father, as we come to this hour of preaching, Lord, bless the pastor. Shine upon him in this moment that he may give us a word from the Lord. We love you and we adore you now as we go through this day. Go with us and stand by us as we go through another week. We love you and we adore you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We praise God for the privilege to worship him in spirit and in truth, both in uh, the sanctuary here on the campus of the Salem Baptist Church, as well as those who are in our virtual sanctuary. We are grateful for each and every one of you. Amen. And we want to take a moment, if we have any guests, those who might be visiting with us in worship on today in the sanctuary, we're going to ask you to stand, not say anything. You don't have to give a testimony, read a scripture, anything of that nature. But if there are guests among us, amen. Praise God for you. We thank you for worshiping with us on today, and we pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you would come back and worship with us again. God bless you, and God keep you. Amen. Amen. As we move forward, we want to invite those who will be a part of our uh, youth church. You may uh, be dismissed at this time. You may be dismissed at this time. Amen. As well, we want to take a moment. If there are persons who have had or will have your birthday in uh, the month of January, we're going to ask you to stand real quickly. We're not going to serenade you. We just want to say happy, happy, happy birthday to each and every one of you. Amen. And we're not going to ask you how many candles you had to blow out and how much oxygen you had to use, but happy birthday to each and every one of you. Our corporate prayer will be this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, the constant uh, the contact with the Zoom number will be coming out early this week, and we thank you in advance for your participation. Amen? Amen. You just cannot beat God-giving, no matter how you try. And the Lord is faithful to those who are faithful to him through the giving of their tithe and their offering. Our tithe and offering is simply a response to what God has done for us, how gracious he has been to us, and how he has displayed his loving kindness toward us. 
And it is our privilege to return to the Lord the tithe, 10%, one-tenth of the resources that the Lord has given to us. We know that there are various platforms and opportunities for those who are not present in the sanctuary of the Salem Church to give on today. You can give through our website, through Venmo, PayPal, through Cash App through Givelify, and you can text to give. And for those who are in the sanctuary, as you exit worship on today, you will be greeted by persons who will be in place to receive your tithe and your offering. Amen. And if you don't see somebody in place, find somebody. Amen. Amen. We don't want you to miss your blessing on this Sunday morning. Amen. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to move forward in worship at this time and ask our music and fine arts ministry to lead us further in worship.
going to ask you to stand down in reverence to the word of God. Turn with us to the Old Testament, the book that bears the name of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 24, beginning, sorry, Isaiah chapter 44, beginning at verse 24, Isaiah chapter 44, beginning at verse 24. And the word of God reads, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out all the heavens all alone who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and, and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. To the cities of Judah, you shall be built. And I will raise up her waste places. Who says to the deep, be dry? And I will dry up your rivers. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, Revelation of Renewal. Revelation of Renewal. We are reminded this fourth Sunday of January of 2023 that here at the Salem Baptist Church, it is the year of renewal. Sermons concerning renewal began on day one of this new year, Sunday, January First, the word came by way of a sermon entitled, Ready for Renewal, using as a scriptural basis Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. That proclamation was followed the next week by a sermon entitled, Perspectives for a Season of Renewal, focused on the section of scripture found in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. And on last week, many were inspired by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through 14, by way of a, side, a sermon entitled, Preparing for Renewal. And although I will reiterate and restate the context of these sermons and the sermon on today, there is a necessary reminder uh, that I've been seeking to share over the last few weeks that is, the realities of renewal exemplified in the difficult and daunting experience 
of the Jewish exiles taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar and his formal, formidable fighting forces. The background you've come to understand is that Nebuchadnezzar and his forces have overthrown and overwhelmed the southern kingdom of Judah, specifically the holy and sacred city of Jerusalem. He takes the sacred artifacts of the temple. They've been defiled, despoiled, and desecrated. And remember, to add insult to injury, Nebuchadnezzar orders his forces to capture, seize, and detain selected priests, prophets, princes, and additionally offers officers of the king's court and all who would be prized human possessions of King Nebuchadnezzar as he ruled from his throne in Babylon. The word has pulled back the curtain of these Jewish exiles' experiences and how they speak to your circumstances when they seem hopeless, impossible, unbearable, difficult, and dreadful. The Lord's word through these prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, have opened your eyes to reality that hope, anticipation, expectation, and faith can spring eternal in the existential challenges you face every day of your life. Because even when you feel as if the Lord is absent, he is always planning your path to renewal, regeneration, and release. As the theme of renewal continues to be emphasized on this Sunday, we make our way back to the word of the Lord delivered and declared by the prophet Isaiah. You must remember the Lord's words in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 that we shared just a few weeks ago. Behold... I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It was there in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, the Lord assured the Jewish exiles of their return to the city of Jerusalem in their homeland of Judah. He revealed a road uh, to the renewal they would experience. And here in Isaiah chapter 44, beginning at verse 24, he reveals the actions he would take on their behalf that exemplify and embody who he is, his love for them uh, as his people, and the expressive imagery and il illustrative declaration the Lord brings forth through the prophet Isaiah in this section of Scripture should bring forth confidence and certainty that the road to renewal is long and rugged, but rewarding, energizing, fulfilling, and faith-building. As this section of Scripture begins, there's another revelation from the Lord. It reveals to you that the one who establishes, guides, and directs you on your road to renewal is, first of all, one who redeems. Let me borrow it from some of my colleagues. Let the church say redeems. In the first phrase of Isaiah chapter 44, verse 24, the Lord reveals and reminds these captives that he is and will be their redeemer as it relates to their captivity 
in Babylon. You must take a moment to become acquainted with the Old Testament concept of a redeemer. It is established in the Levitical law, and it's recorded in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 25, where it says this. If one of your brethren becomes poor and has sold some of his possessions, and if his redeeming relative comes to redeem it, then he may redeem what his brother sold. This was initially a financial transactional concept. If a relative, a kinsman, were unable to purchase back a plot of land or some possession that had been previously sold, a kinsman redeemer, a relative, had the ability and right to, in exchange for financial resources, purchase or redeem that property or possession on behalf of their impoverished, indebted, and indigent relative. Now, I seek to clarify this concept because this privilege of redemption was based on relationship. It was not founded on the needy party's deservedness. It was not established on a concept of entitlement it was not instituted on a base, uh, basis of worthiness. It was based on relationship. And that's what the Lord reveals to these Jewish exiles once again. He reveals, I am and will be your redeemer. I will secure your liberation, your freedom, and your release. And it's not because you warrant, warrant it or deserve it. The Lord is conveying to these exiles, your release will be based on my covenant relationship with you. It will be, it will be because of uh, the faithfulness of the Lord. It will be because of the loyalty, uh, the Lord, uh, the loyalty of the Lord towards his people. It is the embodiment of the loyal love the Lord displays for his people. It is the epitome of the Old Testament concept of loyal love called kissed. It is the kind of love that's demonstrated when one is keeping a promise. And when the desire to be loyal to their promise motivates them to go above and beyond and to be super generous, more than what you would expect. And as I referred to earlier, Kesed assumes a pre-existing relationship and actions that demonstrate loyalty to that relationship. Now, this all makes sense when you recount that these Jewish exiles are in Babylonian captivity, not only because of King Nebuchadnezzar's desire to expand his influence and control, it's also because of Judah's disobedience, defiance, and idolatry. And yet, in spite of that, the Lord identifies himself as their redeemer as he reveals his plans to renew and release them. And someone here on today should have a shout in your spirit 
because you are in a situation of your own doing. Your decisions <clears throat> had left you in a desperate situation, one that could, you could not deliver yourself from. And with all of your efforts and energy and exertion, you were entangled in something you could not free yourself from. And in spite of it all, the Lord stepped in because of his relationship with you as his child. And he redeemed you and rescued you and released you. And I know you don't want to confess it out loud. Because as others look at you and survey and study and scrutinize, scrutinize how you live your life and how you carry yourself and how every element of your life seems to be pure, pristine, and perfect, how it seems how, as if you've always had it together. But if the world were able to pull back the curtains and take a look behind the scenes of the Broadway production of your life, they would see it was not always easy and effortless. There were times that it was only the Lord who redeemed you. It was only the Lord who released you. It was only the Lord who rescued you. It was nobody but the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why many can make this hymn by James Rowe their theme song. <clears throat> I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was seeking to rise no more, but the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. From the waters, he lifted me, now safe am I. It was love that lifted me when nothing else could help. It was love that lifted me the kessed love of a redeemer that does not depend on your goodness, on your faithfulness, on your dependability and devotion to step in to redeem, release, and rescue you. Oh, somebody ought to shout in your spirit. You ought to be glad today that he redeemed. But the, the Lord, through the prophet, continues to reveal who he is and how he will renew. It's made clear that the Lord redeems, but also the Lord creates and confounds. <clears throat> the Lord creates and confounds. The Lord, through his mouthpiece, the prophet Isaiah, continues to reveal who he is, what he has done, and what he will do. It is as if the Lord is addressing some doubts, disbelief, and skepticism about his ability to renew his people and his kingdom. It's almost as if he invites these exiles to participate in an exercise of reflection. Now listen to what the Lord says once again in verse 24 of Isaiah chapter 44. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. <clears throat> it's almost as if the Lord challenges his listeners 
to compare what he must face to renew and release them to the immeasurable, incalculable, immense, and inestimable creative, inestimable uh, creative power required to call into existence that which was not. Surely he was causing them to reflect and remember the power displayed in his creation of all the universe. The Lord was saying, just look around. The Lord was saying, I did this. The Lord was saying, I stepped out on nothing and decided this is the time even when there was no chronological time to measure. And he spoke and created the son, the king and conqueror of the day. And from that light, he pinched off enough to place the moon, the lunar queen of the night, draped in the velvety darkness of the sky and with the elements of light that remained he flung the stars into their silvery sockets emblazoned against the velvety darkness of the night sky he just spoke and the oceans began their undulating march from high tide to low tide he just spoke and the rivers began their flowing carving the valleys and the grand canyons on the face of the earth he spoke and lush vegetation of grass flowers forests and woods sprouted heavenward in obeisance to their creator with the power of his word the, the world was populated with the beasts of the field, the uh, birds and fowl of the air, and the swimming occupants of the sea. And after all of that, he realized it was incomplete without humanity the peak and pinnacle of his creation and he stooped down as it were molded man in his image and after in his likeness and infusing and instilling within humanity the imago dei the very image of God and breathed into it the breath of life and man became a living being and I love the emphatic conclusions of the third and fourth phrase of verse 24 the Lord says I did all of this alone. I did it by myself. The Lord says, I did not call on the assistance of an engineer or an architect. I did not make a phone call to an urban planner. I did this, as some of our ancestors would say, all by my lonesome. And so he was saying to these Jewish exiles, and to you on today, if I can single-handedly fashion and form all of creation, I can figure out how to renew and release my people. And it moves further. It says, reflect not only on my power to create, observe my ability to confound human and earthly intelligence and aptitude. The Lord is, in essence, bragging on himself and his impressive resume. Listen again to verse 25. Who frustrates the sounds of the signs rather of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness. The Lord here refers to the truth of his prophetic proclamation about the future of Jerusalem, Ju Judah, and Israel. 
And those who oppose and disbelieve the word of the Lord through the prophet shall be confounded and confused. The text says they will become upset and turned around and proven as foolish. This is in complete opposition to the prophets of the Lord. The Lord says this of himself in the first two phrases of verse 26. Uh, I am he who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers. The Lord is saying, I confound and confuse these false diviners, false prophets, and so-called wise men. But I confirm what I've commissioned and commanded the prophets to communicate. Uh, the prophet Isaiah on another occasion in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1 asked the rhetorical and resounding question, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Here in Isaiah chapter 44 the Lord is saying, Believe the report of the anointed, sanctified, and consecrated prophet. What I have declared from his mouth shall come to pass because I am the one who creates and confounds. And so the Lord says, I'm revealing this plan for renewal to you because I redeem, <clears throat> because I create and confound. But then he says, not only that, I want you to understand that I am the one who rectifies and restores. I'm the one who rectifies and restores. I'm, I'm almost finished, so sit on the edge of your seat for just another three or four minutes. <clears throat> As this section of scripture that speaks to the future renewal and release of the Babylonian exiles concludes, there is insight into how this will be carried out. There is a prophetic preview of the Lord's plan to overthrow the dominating influence and impact of Babylonian power. Remember, these Jewish exiles are captive because of their own disobedience, idolatry, and rebellion. And yet, the Lord, as the sacred text from the uh, last week indicates, has thoughts and plans for his people of peace and not evil to give them a future and a hope. And the details of these future events begin to be revealed in Isaiah chapter 44, verses 24 through 28. Because the Lord clearly indicates a coming king of Persia by the name of Cyrus will be the human vessel and vehicle to carry out the divine plan of the Lord on behalf of the exiles from Jerusalem, those from the southern kingdom of Judah and from the nation of Israel as a whole. Now remember, just as he had used Nebuchadnezzar to punish the Jewish exile, he's saying here he will use Cyrus to emancipate these exiles and to empower them as they move forward. Now one of his first indications of his plan to rectify what Jerusalem and Judah experienced 
uh, is to, uh, to understand, to rectify is to correct a situation. And he's going to correct a situation in response to what Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon had inflicted on Jerusalem. The Lord would rectify it and correct it by allowing them to experience what Jerusalem had experienced. To be overthrown and reigned over by an invading enemy. And the Lord would use the Persian King Cyrus and the power of per Persia to bring it to pass. Prophetically, Isaiah makes a declaration of the Lord's plan in verse 27 where it says this. Who says to the deep, be dry? And I will dry up your rivers. You see, Babylon was partially protected by the flowing waters of the river Euphrates. And while besieging Babylon, Cyrus would, by the direction of the Lord, drain the river Euphrates, causing it to no longer be a natural defense for the city of Babylon. And Cyrus and his forces would be able to wade through the decreased waters of the rivers under the fortified walls of Babylon and overtake the city, the citizens, and the king. Therefore, preparing the way for those in Babylonian captivity to return to their homeland in Jerusalem. Now, I want to raise a point of emphasis here. Notice what verse 27 says again. Who says to the deep be dry? And the Lord says, I will dry up your rivers. Now, you may miss it if you don't pay close attention. Now, I told you I'm about to be done, so just hang on just a minute. Uh, it says, I will dry up your rivers. You see, the Jewish exiles were inside the city of Babylon, and I'm certain at some point, they had in their minds conspired, considered, and contemplating, seeking to overthrow Babylon themselves. And yet the Lord says in verse 27, it's not your responsibility to rectify or correct this situation. That's above your pay grade, beyond your credibility, and well beyond your ability. The Lord says to these captives, let me handle this. And child of God, I know there are times you want to take things into your own hands. You want to control the situation. And you desire to drive home your own point and your own plan. But I want to suggest on this Sunday morning, there are times you just need to step back and watch the Lord do his work. Let the Lord handle your enemies. Let the Lord rectify the situation. Instead of worrying and stressing and tormenting yourself, there are some things and some people you just have to turn over to the Lord and allow the Lord to work it out. 
Sometimes, listen, child of God, I want to tell you, sometimes you have to make a conscious and deliberate decision and declare, I'm going to stop letting fools make me act a fool. I don't think you heard what I said. Listen to what the children of Israel in Exodus, uh, the, what Moses said to the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Child of God, let the Lord rectify the situation. He has a plan, and the good news is when you let him handle it, you don't have to worry about dirt on your hands and guilt in your heart. Let the Lord handle it. Let him rectify the situation. Salem, you should surely know about this. The Salem Inspirational Choir in their powder blue gowns and tuxedos sang it just down the street under the guidance of James Cleveland. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. I know that victory shall be mine. If I walk upright all my battles he will fight. I know that the victory shall be mine. Yes, the Lord will rectify the situation. Let him handle it. Side notes, not on my iPad. So many of us have sleepless nights worrying about stuff that the Lord could handle if we would just take our hands off of it. The Lord will rectify and he will restore. Listen to what the Lord says in verse 26. I'm, I'm for real this time when I say I'm done. In verse 26 and verse 28. Who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers? who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. To the cities of Judah, you shall be built. And I will raise up her waste places. In verse 28, he says, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built. And to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. The Lord says to the Jewish exiles in Babylonian captivity, I will restore Jerusalem. You shall be inhabited. I will restore the ru ruins of Jerusalem. And the temple that has been destroyed, that has been desecrated, the foundation will be laid. And the temple shall be rebuilt. And I know someone right now needs to hear that on the day. That the Lord is able to restore that which has been taken away, he can restore. That which has been left in ruins, 
he is able to restore. That which has been shattered, he's able to restore. That which seems to have been left lifeless, he's able to restore. The Lord is revealing that renewal and restoration to you on today is possible. Someone today, remember, the Lord wants to renew you. He wants to restore you. Somebody has a testimony today that he's able to do just that. And if you forget it, I want you to remember the lyrics of Tremaine Hawkins. In case you fall by the wayside of life, dreams and visions shattered. You're all broken inside. You don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. Potter wants to put you back together again in case your situation has turned upside down and all that you've accomplished is now on the ground. You don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. The Potter, hallelujah to the Lamb, wants to put you back together. You who are broken, stop by the potter's house. You who need mending, and that's all of us at least a little bit, stop by the potter's house. Give him the fragments of your broken heart. My friend, the potter wants to put you back together again. He wants to renew you. He wants to restore you. doors of the church open. The invitation is extended. Even now I want to let you know he's able to renew. He's able to restore. But you've got to give your life to him. You've got to trust Jesus as Lord and as Savior. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says if you believe it and confess it, you shall be saved. And so even now, if you're in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and you want to give your life to the Lord immediately following the benediction, there will be deacons in place to receive you into the family of faith. Or if you're in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, you can give us a call here at 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to hear your voice. Why don't you come?
Even as you're seated, we pray and believe that someone on today has given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Even now as we prepare to receive our benediction, our ushers will, following the benediction, escort you from the sanctuary. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We thank you that you continue to reveal through your word that you're able to renew and that you're able to restore. We thank you. Many are living witnesses of your power to do so. We pray, God, that this word and worship experience will encourage us in the week to come to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.